Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Christ in Us and Sadlier's bilingual program, Cristo en Nosotros, perfect for virtual and hybrid learning needs. Support your students at every step along their faith journey. Learn more at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU. In this episode of Chattachesis, we chat with Father Parker Sandoval, Vice Chancellor of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, who reveals the Archdiocese's new digital facelift, as well as an engaging resource to help Catholics share their witness of faith, especially in times like a pandemic. I would really appreciate it. Before we start, would you mind saying a little prayer? Yeah, of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of this day, and above all, we thank you for the gift of calling us to, to be your disciples, to walk with you, to follow you, to love you. And Lord, we thank you for sending us to be your missionaries in our world, in our parishes, in our communities, so that all might come to know you and your love. We ask your blessing be upon our conversation, and may all of our work always be for the glory of your name, and we pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Always helps to bring the Holy Spirit into this. Things go a little more peacefully. Uh, Father, I'm going to let you introduce yourself in just a second, but let me say, uh, I've gotten to know you uh, the last couple of years at uh, LA Congress, which is a large re- uh, religious educational gathering. I think it's the largest in the country. Uh, tens of thousands of people gather. And I think we always used to run into each other in just the, um, you know, where they have all the booths. And we just happen to, 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 to meet each other. And we, just like that, and I think it's the Holy Spirit, but just like that, we would jump into a conversation about catechesis or evangelization. So I said, boy, putting this podcast together, we got to have this guy. Um, but Father, why don't you say a little bit about yourself and this new Vice Chancellor role, and also a little bit about your previous role with Adult Faith Formation. Okay, thank you, Deacon Matt, and thank you for the invitation to be here. And indeed, I think the Holy Spirit drew us together again and again on, in the uh, exhibit hall of the Religious Education Congress, and once again here uh, virtually. So this is a, a great joy because my passion is evangelization and catechesis preaching the gospel, teaching the faith. And that was my principal task in my prior assignment. I've been ordained just over five years now. I was ordained in 2015 for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and first had an inner city parish assignment, which was where I learned to be a a good priest. Uh, The people are the best teachers in the world. And and then I I was tapped to coordinate adult faith formation for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and really uh, tried to cast a, a vision of evangelization as, as the foundation of all adult faith formation and oversaw a number of uh, really fantastic programs the Archdiocese has. And uh, out of nowhere, in the last few weeks, I was, I was asked to become the vice chancellor and it's a complicated title, Senior Director of Ministerial Services, which means I, I, serve wow. on, I serve on the Archbishop's leadership team and oversee a number of offices and ministries of the Archdiocese, including a, a number of the formation 
ministries of the archdiocese. So uh, it's a very different, uh, different world. Um, bureaucracy in the church is still bureaucracy, but uh, at the end of the day, it is still all about Jesus and all for his glory. And even there, my, my intention is to continue to cast a, a vision of evangelization for our local church. Amen. Uh, and I wanted to say, I picked up on a little, a little nuance. Uh, you said people are the best teachers. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're alluding to uh, learning to be humble. I think uh, that's, a, that's something we all need, and it's, in, it's at a premium these days. Indeed, yes, yes. So uh, thank you. Gospel for- on, on uh, pardon me, not the gospel, second reading on Sunday is Jesus is, is the model of humility, and, you know, ideally people mistake us for him so well I, yeah, I just humility gotta, is the key i just gotta ask because it's so fresh did you see that presidential debate last night was it a debate <laughs> or a debacle let me rephrase that did you did you catch any humility last night very little sadly very little sadly yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. I appreciate, again, Father Parker being with us. Uh, We're going to cover a lot of ground here in the next 15 or so minutes. Uh, We are mindful this is a podcast primarily for clergy, so uh, all these kind of questions and conversation is going to be geared towards helping our brothers out there in the field who are trying to make disciples. So what I'd like to start off with, um, first of all, I think the Archdiocese webpage got a facelift because it looks fantastic. Is that something recent? Yes, yes, this is... This is a new initiative from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. In in the last few months, the website was totally overhauled, including the URL. Uh, It's now lacatholics.org. That really tells us the focus. The focus of the page is on our Catholics and telling their stories in in a fresh new way with, with better visuals and so on. So it was a huge project over a number of years and still a work in progress. So this was a project that began prior to COVID and just, just finishing it up in the midst of the pandemic. Precisely. Well, good yes. timing on that. To Perfect start timing. Perfect timing. That <laughs> is good. But you're touching, you're, you're touching on an important issue uh, or important reality for all of our, our clergy brothers. And that is, you know, what is our digital face? Uh, and then from a diocesan point of view or a parish point of view, you know, even 10 years ago, pastors that I would talk with, um, some of them, maybe less than half, but just shortly less than half, would say, or they would see a website still as window dressing. Um, do you think that that mentality has changed among priests and deacons or pastors? Uh, do you think um, there's more of an emphasis now in our digital footprint? Absolutely. I think, obviously, this whole pandemic situation has been traumatic for for the world, our country, and, and indeed the church. And yet, there's always a moment of grace in a moment of, of trauma even. And I think this is one of the upsides to this whole COVID-19 experience is that we realize, as Jesus says today in, in the gospel, no one who sets his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And I think our tendency is always to, to look back and, and be wedded to our usual way of doing things, which we learned during this pandemic situation are no longer an option. Right. And whereas we may have been very hesitant to jump onto the digital continent, as Pope Benedict XVI calls it, uh, we really had very little choice if we wanted to stay connected with our people and continue to get the good news out there, even in, in this lockdown 
uh, mode. So I think uh, there's been a great pastoral conversion, as Pope Francis would say, to investing in these wonderful tools of evangelization, which is, I believe, how we have to see them. Uh, this technology is, is not simply window dressing. This is the way the gospel gets out there. I mean, in the, the Absolutely, Father. And it's not window dressing. And then one could say on the other side of the coin, it's not the ideal either. You know, no. so like we, we want to have a healthy balance and a healthy approach to our digital tools and resources. And it looks like you really got that going on in the archdiocese. Yes. You know, there's no substitute for person to person interaction, but we go with what is available. And of course, the best Catholic answer to any problem is both fans. So even moving forward, once we return to normal, again, uh, both in-person and virtual, uh, this, this odd hybrid is, I think, what uh, the future holds for us. So one of the ways that I see uh, from a diocesan point of view, and we'll talk, we'll talk again about your website, uh, I love that right on the homepage, uh, I found there the diocesan prayer during COVID-19. Did, was that, did Bishop, Archbishop Gomez, who created that? Yes, that was composed by Archbishop Gomez. Okay, and it's too as an archdiocese. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, prayer. It's a very beautiful prayer, and I'd like to make sure that link gets attached to this episode uh, so people can see that. And one of the other things I hope to accomplish, kind of backing up and, and talking about our, our series at large, is you know, we, we sometimes do some wonderful things in our diocese, and then we have brothers and sisters in other dioceses that feel that don't know what's going on, what's been done already and feel like they have to do and recreate the wheel. So any kind of resource sharing we can do that's, that's appropriate. We want to do so. Amen. We're all on the same team. That's right. <laughs> so let's stick with um, also kind of the digital footprint um, and as a way to not, not necessarily just cope with the pandemic and minister in the, in the pandemic, but, as a way of ministry going forward, perhaps beyond the pandemic, if we ever get there. Uh, but I also love too this um, again on your website, your memorial mass for the deceased. Is that something that's ongoing or is that a one-time thing? And was that for those who have died because of COVID or is that all the deceased? Good question. That was for all the deceased and that is ongoing. So obviously even the way we, we, transmit the celebration of the sacraments has, has changed dramatically in in the last six months. I mean, in LA, really the whole state of California, the only celebration of the sacraments right now is occurring outdoors. Oh, wow. With people or via live streams or, or recordings online. And so the cathedral, of course, is, is leading the way on, on both on both counts and continues to offer that both and you can obviously go and celebrate and fully participate in the sacraments in person, but also ways to continue to pray the mass online uh, for the dead. Yes, this is a, an ongoing initiative. Uh, I think it's beautiful. Uh, I really appreciate, appreciate it. I'm sure everyone there in the archdiocese does. Um, it's a wonderful way to, to use what we can to honor the, the departed and, and those who have survived them. Uh, Let's, let's stick with the website just for one more question, and then I want to circle around to what you just mentioned, which is, you know, now we're, we're only outside for, for liturgies. Um, uh, 
I want to ask you a few questions about what ministry is happening and where it's happening. So again, one last question about the website. And you actually already alluded to this in your intro. You mentioned we want to really focus on sharing the stories of our Catholics here in LA. So you have this cool feature called sharing stories that's on the website. Who came up with that? And could you share a little bit with our audience what that is? Yeah, so the Archdiocese of Los Angeles is blessed to have an incredible digital team, which oversees all of our communications on digital platforms, whether in social media or on our website. And they really have been tasked, charged with capturing and telling as many stories of, of our LA Catholics as, as possible. And this feature is a way to feature people, ordinary Catholics doing extraordinary things in their parishes, in their homes, in their schools, and really putting that as our, our, our face. Because so many times people think the clergy when they think the church. And really, we know that the church is everyone who claims the name Catholic, everyone who's been adopted by God and belongs to his church. And we're really putting everyone's face out there as the face of, of Catholic Los Angeles. And we're trying to tell as many stories in a captivating way visually as possible through the website to let our people know that, yes, our church structures are closed still, but the church is still open and the church continues the mission of Jesus, uh, even in these challenging times. So you, you just kind of answered what, what I was going to get to next uh, about the sharing uh, stories feature, which is kind of the what precipitated it or the why behind it. And I think you just kind of answered it. What, what, it sounds to me like it was driven by the pandemic and the disconnectedness that people feel. And so we want to put these people out there on our, and show that we are all still connected. We're all still living our faith. Was that kind of the genesis of it or was it something that came before? Well, uh Providentially, COVID made this all the more necessary at this time, but it was, this was the plan from the start when the, the website was reimagined years ago. That was, that was one of the foremost dreams was to present the faces, names, and stories of, of ordinary Catholics doing great things for the Lord and the church. I love that. I think, I think what you're doing there is super important for clergy to be doing everywhere, whether they're in the diocese at that level or they're working in parishes or other uh, ministries. Um, how are we calling forth people's stories and, and putting them in the foreground? And I think you just mentioned a critical reason for doing that today, which is, again, the disconnectedness we feel because of this pandemic. But maybe it's also just it's part of the movement this church has been on for a while towards new evangelization, towards missionary discipleship, towards a really strong focus on the witness of our faith and how critical that is. Do you agree? 100%. I think the Holy Spirit has been moving the entire church to a, a new way of seeing our mission for the last well, really since the Second Vatican Council and certainly since uh, Pope Paul VI in 1975 with the landmark uh, in Evangelii Nunciandi, really calling the church to be a, an evangelizing church. And, and as we know, that all evangelization happens in the context of relationship. We, we evangelize people, uh, person to person, heart to heart, and, and we will never evangelize what we do not first love. And you can only love someone you know. And right. So I think it's incumbent upon us to really get to know each other so then we can introduce 
each other to the person of Jesus and what he's done in our life and, and wants to do for everyone. Uh, it, it really is a, a moment to rethink our, our ways of doing things uh, with a very clear focus on our why, who, which is a who. It, it, it's all about bringing Jesus to people and people to Jesus. And that always happens in the context of, of, of relationship. Yeah. I always enjoy talking to you, Father, because by your face, I can tell you believe what you say. You just can't hide it. Uh, you said it yourself, you're very passionate about evangelization, and it comes through loud and clear. Um, let's move on to another quick uh, question here. And now we're shifting back to, or shifting forward to looking at where ministry is happening and, and what's happening. So let's focus a little bit on, I did check, check out your faith formation guidelines for 2020, 2021. Um, and let me step back and say, as far as the COVID-19 guidelines for the diocese, the archdiocese, I'm seeing a lot of similar guidelines in, in, in other dioceses too. So I think we're all kind of on the same page with regards to um, trying to cooperate with, you know, state and federal policies and also trying to do what we know is best for our people. So right. um, as far as faith formation, I noticed that it does give, um, and it's, I think it's an awesome document, and I'd, love, and I'd love to link to this also in this episode for our viewers and listeners, because it gives so many things for ministers to think about, whether you're, whether you're a lay ecclesial minister or you're an ordained minister, it gives you a lot of things to think about in doing ministry in this time of a pandemic, whether you're doing it gathered in a gathered session or some kind of a hybrid or something that is completely online. Um, were you a part of creating any of that policy? I had a voice in the policy, but not in the actual composition of the, the text. Yeah, it's a, it's a great text, as I said. It's very, there's a lot of forward thinking and kind of like um, really clearly analytical minds were behind that. Um, so you have those three spaces. I, as I read that document, you've got some gathered opportunities where it's possible. You've got hybrid and you've got online. Um, is it up to pastors to decide, like, for example, for religious education programming, is it up to the pastor to decide what's best in his parish? Uh, should I be hybrid? Should I be online? Should I be gathered? How does that work? Well, ideally, it would be up to the pastor and his leadership team to make this decision. Uh, the You're reality, smiling You're smiling really big. For our podcast listeners, he's smiling really big right now. <laughs> the, the reality on the ground is, is that here in California, as of now, the only option for any sort of meeting aside from worship, so aside from the celebration of the sacraments, is online. Okay. So those, those guidelines were written with an eye toward the future and were actually written at a time when things were, were starting to reopen before they were reclosed. Oh. So, but they still hold because eventually we'll get to the reopening again. Uh, God really only knows when. And, and from there, ideally that yes, each community would be able to determine what makes most sense for their circumstances and what makes most sense for the circumstances of each particular group or ministry. Uh, of course, the big question right now for us is, is probably one of the biggest ministries in each of our parishes, which is the school situation. So uh, we're still working hard to, to have three options available, but uh, at the moment we really only have one. The online option? Online. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of round this topic out. You, you've spent time as a parish priest, uh, before your meteoric ascent, uh, and 
<laughs> to the to other bureaucratic levels. Uh, yes. At any rate, um, what what do you think the pain points are? What's the biggest pain point a priest or pastor or deacon is feeling right now, uh, knowing that much of ministry life is online? Well, I think this is a very hard time for the whole church and, in particular, clergy, because our whole life is oriented toward ministry, toward service of of people, and when you have very minimal interaction with people face to face. And, and, and I think this is an epidemic within the pandemic. Even the numbers who are coming to, to church outdoors or even elsewhere in the country with limited capacity indoors, I think we're seeing a, a very sharp decline and we're seeing a fewer people. And that can be cause for us to really worry about the future. And it is cause for worry. I think COVID brought its own issues, but I think it also exposed issues that were there long ago. And in, in many ways is accelerating the, the, the pattern already in place uh, for, for quite a while. And, and this is a, a great burden to many of uh, my brother priests as we talk about the future. And, and there's so, such great uncertainty in, in how we will do things. Mm -hmm. But my, my hope, my prayer is that there will be great clarity in the why we do things, which really should reshape our how down the line. You know, sometimes we're so wedded to particular methodologies or we're counting down until we can return to normal. But I think it's, it's really a good moment for an examination of conscience to ask ourselves as priests, as pastors, can we really say honestly, that everything we were doing before in normal times was raising up missionary disciples of Jesus. I'm not sure we can answer that with complete confidence. I think we were locked into sacramentalizing and catechizing Catholics, perhaps without the intentionality of forming a missionary disciple of Jesus of them. And this might be the moment to really reassess what we want our future to be like, maybe how we shift the how of things in order to focus more clearly on our why, which is, again, putting people in contact with, with Jesus who changes lives and who is our only hope. I mean, if nothing else, what I learned from the debate is Jesus is the only hope for our country uh, because who, who else can we, we rely on? And uh, Amen. it really is a challenging time. It is. Uh, I think it's, it's just absolutely providential. Um, we began with a, a little bit about humility in our conversation. And here at the end of it, we're going back to it as, as speaking to your brothers out there in ministry, your, your, your fellow clergy. This is a great time for humility, introspection, self-examination, um, pleading to the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to continue to guide in new ways or to, to revivify old ways that make sense still. Um, so thank you for doing that. That, that. that was a beautiful way to button this up. Um, I wanna say, be, and actually if I could have your blessing for the end of this uh, broadcast, that would be great. But before we do that, let me just thank you again for being here on the podcast series, Chattachesis. Um, thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Uh, I will make sure that a couple of those resources we mentioned that were on the Archdiocese website will get linked to this episode so our viewers and listeners can and, and benefit from those. Um, before I, your final blessing, any final thoughts? Anything you want to say? Well, thank you once again for the invitation to be the inaugural episode of 
Catechesis, which is, is such a great name. And, and this really is a time, I believe, to get back to basics when everything is stripped away. Everything we knew and clung to really is, is not an option. I think we come to the great reality that uh, all we have left to stand on is, is the rock of, of Jesus and, and cling to him in this time and keep our eyes focused solely on him and, and try not to put new wine, the always fresh wine of the gospel into old wineskins. It, it's just not going to work. We've got to be courageous and bold and creative enough to put the, the new wine of the gospel into new wineskins, even if uh, there's a few birth pains along the way, but we'll move forward with the Holy Spirit. And uh, again, thank you for your great ministry, uh, supporting clergy and lay ecclesial ministers and catechists in, in bringing people the good news of Jesus. My, my privilege and pleasure. Father, would you close us out with a blessing for our listeners and viewers? Of course. So Lord, we ask you to pour out your abundant blessing upon those listening to, to this conversation. May you fill them with your spirit and may your spirit empower and energize us for mission. And we always keep focused on the mission of Jesus and may we be ministers with his heart and mind. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please pray for me, and thank you for your time. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Christo in Nosotros at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.